Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of VH Hunties with Kyle and Ben. I'm Kyle. And I'm Ben. And we're ready to tackle week two of Rock of Love. Let's go. Are you excited, Kyle? I am so excited. Last week just got me so ready for this whole process and for this whole show. And I just am so excited another week is here already. And we get to follow their journeys. I love their journeys. Their journeys are pretty iconic in the reality television canon. But before we dive into it, how are you? How is your week going? It's going all right. I feel like nothing huge to report on this week yet. I mowed the lawn today. Oh my god, no! I feel like I overshared personal details of other people's lives too much last week, so I won't do that again this week. But one of the queens from Drag Race Holland, like, slid into my DMs this week. Or, like, today. It was, like, flirting with me hard. So that was such a weird little treat. Oh, did you end up replying? We chatted for a little bit. They were laying with their dogs. Oh my god, did you get dog pics? I No, but I sent a cat pic. So I was like, this is an easy... For like myself and cat, like this is such an easy foray for like a cute little selfie with the pet, and did not reciprocate. So I tried my best. They did. I know it's late in Holland though, so I don't know. I feel like it's late in Holland. I don't actually know the time. Nine hours ahead of me, I think. Okay, so it's late. That's okay. We're fine. Yeah, it's like definitely like yeah, it's six hours ahead for you. Okay, so past midnight. That's okay. But yeah, that was the highlight of my week so far. What about you? Um, it was pretty chill. Not too much has happened. It rained yesterday, which I know, like, most people are going to be like, what the fuck? That isn't that exciting. But living in the West Coast in the summer, we don't get any rain. It had been really smoky. And so yesterday it just poured. Not poured. That's, like, too dramatic. But it was, like, consistently raining throughout the day, which was so nice. And it really, like, cut the temperature. And then now it's, like, bright blue skies, which is now, like... Yeah, it's, like, a nice reprieve from just the constant, like, not constant, because only it was, like, Thursday, Friday, Saturday were bad, of, like, smokiness. So we're definitely loving that weather shift. Hopefully it doesn't get too hot again because I can't deal with another heat wave. Yeah, and then just like trying to motivate myself to like return to work. I don't know how you're ever going to do that. I don't know either because I've gotten into like, I don't know if we talked about this last week, but I literally have a reality TV show every night outside of Rock of Love for the pod. Like every night. You're a busy man. Like, Monday's Bachelor in Paradise. Tuesday's Housewives. Wednesday's Housewives. Thursday's Drag Race. Friday's Drag Race Holland. And Bachelor in Paradise is Tuesdays, too. That's a two a week or now. Starting oh, yeah. Next week. next week. And then Saturday's is Love Island UK Catch-Up. Oh, and then God. Sundays is Real Housewives of Potomac. And then also in between that, I watch Rock of Love. Like, I fully had a dream Andy Cohen was on my dissertation committee. Like, oh I at, I was like, oh, maybe I should stop, but I'm not going to. Like, I don't watch any serious shows. But I don't know how you keep up with all of this and work. Because, like, I just got looped back in to do a paper that I've been working on, or that I was working on when I was doing my degree. And, like, I can't do it. Like... I'm fully unemployed right now. And I'm like, I don't have time for this, you know? And like, part of that, yes, is because I left academia. I don't need publications. So anything I do related to publications now is just like 
monopoly money and a pat in the back and who needs that but also like i truly just don't have time for it i don't know how you like have time for the thing that's actually your job on top of all of this tv i think the secret is like i just haven't been doing my job like that is that's the secret like i've she's busy or like not that i'm busy it's more so that the stuff i have to do is just seemingly so tedious right now and there's like no due dates or pressure that I'm just like not motivated. That's so hard. And then where it's like all admin stuff from what you told me too, like you send these protocols off to people and these like yeah. COVID restrictions off to people and they review it for like anywhere between three days and five weeks. So it's like, so yeah, so truly, I'm just like, oh, I don't want to read a book for work. Like, I would rather just like catch up on Love Island <laughs> and like subsume myself in this world where I'm yelling at my computer screen. Um, Well, selfishly, I'm thrilled to have you in the pseudo-unemployed life with me. (laughs) Yeah, like, it works out so well for us because we can catch up with our, I wouldn't say favorite girls, because, like, a lot of them, there are some standouts in Rock of Love, but but I wouldn't say, like, our favorite girls. I found so many of them on Twitter from the other night, from our Twitter account, which we will launch so soon. VH Hunties. Sorry, VH underscore Hunties on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. But well, the, I follow a lot of the girls on Twitter, so. And the, the Twitter will be live when the listeners hear this. Oh, that's so true. So it is live. Follow it, because it's live as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever this comes out. Um, that's exciting. Did you follow? Are you just holding back, or are you... I followed. I followed. I figured, like, whether we have an icon or not, they're not going to notice some random account with currently two followers, so. <laughs> I think who are ourselves from our other account. <laughs> Fully. Fully. Yeah. Well, but, um, will we wait for them to follow us on Twitter? Should we dive in and follow them on their journeys? On their journey to find love? In the most terrifying mansion I've ever seen in my life? Absolutely. Mansion is such a generous phrase. Okay, it totally is a mansion. <laughs> like, you can't tell. Like, it, it, I don't know. It is. It's not a mega mansion, but it, it's a mansion. It has an indoor bar, multiple rooms for sleeping, a private Mansions. gym. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. And also, there's a hot tub. There's a hot tub in the house, which we'll talk about today. And there's, like, multiple outdoor areas. It's a mansion. If that's the Merriam-Webster criteria for mansion, then I'm sold. It is now, and (laughs) not all mansions are good. That's fair. Okay, okay, I'm sold. It's a mansion. (laughs) It's a mansion. Not all all mansions are good. Um, So let's just do a brief recap from last week's episode. We met the girls. Some of them got eliminated right away, and... Tiffany devolved into a drunk mess who Oof. gave us the iconic line, don't threaten me with a good time. And we get some like real standout people among this Legends. Crop. We got Heather, we got Lacey, we got Jess, we got the Brandies. And if you forget her, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm not. I'm not forgetting her. I was waiting for you to interject. Thank you, and rodeo. It's a recurring. It's VH Hunty's canon that you are the loudest rodeo supporter. Okay, thank you. I'm glad you were saving that for me because I was so no offended idea. on her behalf. Like 14 Be years later. 
So that, and so we got down, we started with 25 and now we're down to 16 girls. And we're going to follow them as they get cut down to even fewer this week. We'll see how many we end up with. I think we're at 12 now. Some of whom we've never seen talk to the camera. No, no. Who is Faith? Who's Faith? Who's Kelly? There is no Kelly. Is no, there she a got Kelly? cut right away. No, never mind. She oh got cut God. right away. I was, I like, was like, what? <laughs> I like, no, I, I fully believed you, but I was like, wow. I misread the ca- the contestant a Kelly. on Wikipedia. That's yeah, so I was funny. like, Kelly? <laughs> um, <laughs> who's that? Oh my God, maybe That's I should have had that so sitting funny. Sylveon Blanc 3 p.m. in fucking so Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, so why don't you take us into the launch of the episode? I think you just set me up for the perfect introduction having a glass of Sauvignon Blanc at three in the afternoon, because our episode starts out with these girls just, like, they're w- they wake up, they're ready to party, and Lacey, she's like, you know, girl, I don't usually day drink, but we're on vacation, this is part of the process, so let's go. And of course, our girl Tiffany is right there with us in the party, and Once just- Tiffany wakes up, like, one of you the scenes know. is Tiffany is passed out on I, some sort of sofa with a snow leopard print blanket in her dress from the previous night. Like, Tiffany is out. But once she resurrects herself, like, girl cleans up nice. Her, like, double color hair actually looked pretty good the next morning. Yeah, I, I think it was how, like, the styling was different. I, she looks great. And as the darty was brewing, a darty is a day party. Um, for those of for those of our listeners who may not be familiar with darty as a concept, the darty lingo. Um, we learned that Erin was engaged prior to coming on to the show, and she was supposed to be married this May of twenty two thousand and seven. She is and no that, longer engaged, but that, that is, is drama. It. One girl in particular hears that from across the house and says, Heather's pissed. Fuck Aaron. Heather is pissed. And like I you and I tried to do the math the other day. So if this show aired, we we guessed what, like July or we you know, July two thousand seven. It must have been filmed a couple months earlier. So this is probably filmed in like February or March. Like Aaron was probably meant to be married in like two months from when this conversation was happening. Like I understand she broke it off, but, like, I am down with Heather's concern, you know? Like, yeah, it, that's a whirlwind. It seems pretty nuts, I would say. Not nuts. Like, obviously, everyone goes on their own journey. But I would stress me out as a person. Like, I wouldn't be emotionally ready to go fall in love. No. No, but, and I, you know, I do respect Erin for putting herself out there if it is authentic, which she clarifies and I, you know, am on board, but I also get Heather's concern. I don't think she was pulling a stunt for the TV. I think she was actually concerned and was like, let me protect my man. And I was like, yeah, Heather, protect him. Thought it was hot. (laughs) That's hot. Much like how Brandy C and Brett look like siblings. Okay, hot. Everything about the show is just hot. So now that we get the seeds of drama planted in sort of like the episode's narrative, 
we go back to the Darty. And, like, I don't know what time it is, but these, like, are how long the party had been going before it appeared to go into full send. But they turn up with Lacey and Heather starting a rock band. I loved it. Like, Lacey and Heather took charge, but Sam and Rodeo were, like, just down to have a good time. And, you know, like, Lacey's the self-proclaimed musician here, but, like, I love that the other girls are just like, let's go. Like, I don't know if they know how to play a drum, but they hopped on it. Like, good for them. Okay, but this raises us, this doesn't raise us, it brings us back to something Big John said when he was letting the girls in the house. He was like, one of the rules is don't touch the guitars. But yet we <gasps> see the women playing guitars, which were allegedly so off limits. Right. And I was like, I thought they weren't allowed to do that. But apparently they do you think, are. Do you think they just plucked one right off the wall, like a little apple from the tree? Just like, I'm going to play that one. But there definitely probably was like a guitar like in the vicinity of the drums. Okay, okay. I like to think that this turned into some big scandal with J- Big John behind the scenes. They would have showed us. Oh, they would have showed us. Big, I feel like Big John gets honestly more airtime than half these women, and I'm so at peace with that. He is such a staple. Oh, yeah, he says more than most of these women do this entire episode. Yeah, right? Which, like, yeah. is fine. But I don't know. Priorities- I'm here for their little bands, but our girl Jess is not. She thinks it is a ruckus. She thinks it's sloppy. She thinks these girls just need to simmer down. But, like, much to her dismay, her man Brett disagrees. He's, like, ready to join right in. He hears them from the gym, right? Like, there's that scene where it looks like he pulled something down and then was mm-hmm. like, Oh, yeah, there's a party. Let me go check it out. Um, I don't know where that voice came from, but... That was was so much of you. I was like, the spirit took me, you know? The spirit of Brett Michaels. Not that he's dead, he's still alive. But, like, his essence entered. Is this just, like, unresolved trauma from revisiting being called Miss on the phone as a teen last week? Is this just... (laughs) No, I think that trauma will never be resolved. But that's why millennials don't talk on phones, especially gay millennials. (gasps) <gasps> oh, that's interesting. I have no thoughts to back that up. It just flew out of my mouth. That's I love talking on the phone, but I also agree with you. So anecdotally, you're wrong, but like in concept, I fully agree. I don't know, but I just, I love that Brett just like hopped right in. He hears this sloppy ass garage band playing and just jumps right in, takes over. And like, Again, our girl Heather is just like, okay, the professional's here. I'm going to do what I'm professional at. And she leaves the band and just gets right in the pole. And I was like, work, work. Heather knows her strengths. And I admire that. Yeah. So much. But some of the girls are not pleased. And this is when we get the first (sighs) iteration of the division in the house. This okay. is a house divider. Mm-hmm. So according to, I think Erin is the one who sort of lays it out for us. We have the bitchy girls and the slutty girls. And the bitchy girls are the more introverted ones who don't want to get blackout drunk in the middle of the day. Or not dancing on a pole. They're not into it. Whereas the slutty girls are the ones doing that. Which are you? Wh- which camp would you be in on this show? I feel like I, if I was in this house, I think I would really want to be friends with Heather. So I probably would be like, we'll get to it later, but like Heather has her own click. This is just one perception of the divides in the house from Aaron. But I would just like, I would like to be friends with Heather. That's fair. So you would like push yourself into the slutty extroverts? 
Yeah, like, I think I would be one of those slutty girls, and I, I just, like, or maybe we, like, I don't know, there's just something about Heather that I find, like, so charismatic. Yeah. And she, she has me face. wrapped around her gorgeous little finger. Oh, exactly. And I think that's why I would want to be her friend. It's just, like, we would have fun, and it wouldn't be messy, you know? Like, Heather is yeah. that girl. But I could do without some of the other shenanigans that like, happen with the slutty, the slutty girls. That's fair. But so, at this point, the party is very much like, there's the inside drinking palooza with Brett and the slutty girls. And then the bitchy girls, they're outside. And Dallas, who really is the Shakespeare of the season, says, the the inside of the house looks like a trashy strip club near an airport. Airport where the girls are fat and have bad implants. Like, that's not a direct quote, but I'm paraphrasing it. That's what she says. And it is just... (sighs) I was like, wow, that analogy, it really paints a picture. Fully. And, yeah, we see the animosity really come to the fore until a certain someone decides it's time to cross party lines, walk across that aisle. I just, jumping back to Dallas for, like, a hot second, like, Dallas is the only girl in this house who knows how to read. Like, these girls throw insults like nothing else, but some of them are just mean. Dallas is the only one who's like, I'm gonna tear you to the ground, but in the most cutting, witty, hilarious way. And I love her for that. She has not missed a beat. She looked Tiffany straight in the eye last week and went, you look 50. And that was breathtaking to me. Or even when she said, like, she had to suck a dick to get back in, but that's her job and I'm okay with it. I was like, wow. Love her. Love her. Poetic. I I love that you called her the Shakespeare because she really is. Everything she said is just artistry. But sorry, I derailed you from this crossing of the party lines. And I'm going to steal this from you because, like, this is where I see myself in the party. You know, I would definitely be in the slutty extroverts because I just love a good time. I love a good party. And I just really want everyone to have a good time, you know? So if I see people, like, keeping to themselves, I like to go check in on them. And that's what our girl Lacey does. She goes right outside. She's like, hey, girl, like, sup, Jess? You guys having a good time? Like, seems a little quiet out here. And Jess is like, yeah, you drunk bitch. And Lacey's like, okay. You know, and, like, I know Lacey can be a lot, but, like, she was just trying to make sure everyone was having a good time, you know? Like, I respected the shit out of what Lacey was going for, and she was met with absolute ice-cold exterior from Jess. Yeah, Jess was really giving nothing whatsoever, and I part of that is, like, I think, like, the first rule of reality TV, much like the first rule of improv, is you never shut down a scene. Yeah! Like, you don't shut down a scene, and I think Jess... This is, like, this is an early stage of a specific kind of reality TV show, but it's like now that shit probably like wouldn't fly. Production would definitely be like, hey, why don't you go over yeah. there and throw this drink on Lacey or something? <laughs> like, yeah! For yeah. daring to talk to you. So definitely a missed opportunity, but she's young. She's learning. We all are still young and learning. I still love her. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Jess. I would hang out with Jess, but like... I really identified with Lacey in this moment as someone who just, like, likes to be that person. But where the similarities derail are is Lacey's response to that. You know, like, I'm in a party. I'm like, hey, girl, you having fun? They're like, no. I'm like, anything I can do? They're like, no. I'm like, okay, you know, on to the next one. Lacey takes it a little bit too much to heart. And she decides, you know what this needs. Jess isn't having a good time. She was a little bit mean to me. I'm going to pull a straight up linebacker move and tackle this woman into the pool. And 
with someone who clearly spends so much time perfecting their hair that morning, you can't do that to Jess. You cannot do that to Jess. Yeah, I was sorry. I got lost in my thought about how, like, I I don't know if it's like a tackle. It's more like a chokehold hook flip thing. Like, she, like, grabs around the neck and is like, ah, like, (laughs) yanks her into the fucking pool. Just smashes her beer bottle. So now there's broken glass places. And Jess just, like, comes out drowned. It got ugly, and I would have been pissed. Like I said, I love a good time, but I love a good time on my terms, and, like, that was shady. I don't know if it's just shady. It's just fucking rude. Yeah, that like, was just straight up mean. Yeah, that not even, yeah. That was just you around the neck and ye- ye- yank you into the pool. <laughs> yank you into the pool. I haven't heard like, about a good yeet in a minute. Because I, I I don't know if it's a yeet because I think like, <laughs> you get thrown off something, but it's like Lacey comes around, like hooks her arm yeah. around Jess and just like pulls her back, demolishes like, her, flip her over her shoulder into the pool. But Lacey's not a professional wrestler, and Jess doesn't some like starts to struggle and then but doesn't, and it's just a mess. Like it was a very unfortunate yank. It was bad. But thank God, following that, our Lord and Savior, Big John, comes in to announce our first challenge of the season, of the series. What's the challenge, Kyle? It is a rousing phone sex challenge. So every single one of these 16 women has to sit down and try to get Brett's rocks off by having a little phone sex with him. Which, I was thinking about this on my walk this morning. If this were happening today, it fully would have been a sexting challenge. Like, sexting simply did not exist in 2007. How crazy is that? Like, this is what you had to do. But much harder over T9. Yeah. You had to pull out your Motorola Razor and be like, 888-222. That's nuts. And it all would have been short form. Like, like, you would have just had, like, the number two. I don't know. I don't know how I would sex on a T9 phone. I know, but yeah, so in full 2000 fashion, we're having some good, good old-fashioned phone sex today, and I'm here for it. Getting back to the teams, which you said are very poorly defined, this is where Christia jumps in, and she's like, someone from the Varsity Squad has to win. And like, again, it has not been well-defined who the Varsity Squad is yet, but given the alliances and given who they show, we can infer that this is once again like Heather and Lacey's squad. Yeah, with Brandy C. Because don't forget, Christia and Brandy C are joined at the tit. Joined at the tit. It helps them think better. Exactly. And so as the girls are prepping their phone sex scripts, our girl Tiffany, not our girl, because like we're, we don't we don't claim her, but we Tiffany, don't claim her anymore. who has been relatively quiet for most of this episode, gets a little nervous and is like, I don't, she's like, so what I decided to do was have one glass of red wine and one glass of white wine. <laughs> and this is, I don't know if you heard this part, Ben, and, and I'll like try to pull this and put it on our Instagram, but like they cut to a clip back to Tiffany being like, don't threaten me with a good time. And then off camera, I don't know who it was. They don't say who it was, but you just hear someone like audibly moan, like, 
oh no. Like, <laughs> they have heard this damn line so many times over the past, what, like 36 hours? <laughs> yes. They know what's coming. And I just like, this is when they like, they do Tiffany dirty with the edit. Because so when she starts mentioning drinking, they fucking put a compilation of drunk ass Tiffany, but they use some footage of her like, the day of in the challenge, drinking mm-hmm. wine and trying to write. Would they splice it with clips from her from the night before in that dress with her awful hair, slurring her words and saying, don't threaten me with a good time over and over again. And I was and like, wow, is, they really said, fuck you, Tiffany. They did her so dirty. And th- I feel like this is still like such early reality TV. And this is before there was consistency and confessional looks you know and like it, it from a 2021 lens you look back and you're like this is very obviously like spliced together from multiple different nights but like it's so interesting how reality tv has grown you know how they've how they've made these moves for consistency's sake you know yeah and because then it's a hard time like the narrative can't be questioned now yeah. or like it's you always question the narrative everyone like always question a reality tv narrative but there's less visual clues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas now they're fully just like, Tiffany, girl. We're just going to do make this, in this horrible edit. clip of you. And what's funny is like, when we started watching this, like they were like going to write it and like Tiffany walks in the room and is like, I'm nervous. As she would start to start the wine, I wrote down, I was like, oh, her hair looks pretty good right now. And then they do yeah. this, like they basically just assassinate her character demolish which, which like, deservedly so yeah like we're not like defending her but i was like wow they really went in on this girl but yeah so i'm glad she's preparing for the challenge properly and we'll see how that pays off in just a minute after the break yeah And we're back. So take us into the challenge, Ben. All right. So after the girls prepare their scripts, they put on an assortment of lingerie and pajamas to come down to this room where Brett Michaels is in like these like gorgeous, like, oh, I don't want to say gorgeous. I gorgeous. <laughs> I retracted. I retracted. That He's... was, you said that with such authenticity. I know. I didn't mean to. But Brett Michaels is in this interesting set of filet pajamas <laughs> and they're really loose and flowy I guess because as he explains how they're going to determine who turns him on the most with their phone sex maneuvers will be determined by medical professionals and like this full-on doctor allegedly a doctor allegedly comes out in scrubs and a white coat with this machine called a penile plethysmograph? Plethysmograph? Penile plethysmograph? It's something that measures the blood flow to the the penis. The (laughs) poon. I almost said penis, and I was like, nope, and it's penis. Um, So that's how they'll determine it. So they're literally going to strap sensors to Brett's dick, and if he gets an erection, (laughs) like... If the machine will like make lines. I love this. I love this so much. And like, as someone who has an epidemiology degree that I'm never going to use and can't wait to leave in the dust, like 
this is actually a pretty well-designed study. You know, like we have like clear objective metrics of measurement with this penile plethysmograph. We have like blinding of our measurement. So like Brett can't see any of these women. He doesn't know who's who. And there's like random assignment of the numbers. Like all things considered, like solidly defined study. I'm in. (laughs) I don't like, but the whole like blindness of it, like, it's over the phone. Like, he knows these girls' voices. Does he? It's been, like, a day. I don't day. know. It's been two days. But, like, I just feel like he would have to have an, an idea of who's who. But I guess that's when the objective measurement comes in, where it's like, oh, this person really got me going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're the winners. But I also just want to touch upon the fact that, like, in the past two episodes, we're constantly talking about Brett Michaels' penis. Like, he references getting erections all the time. And he's like, I gotta go take a cold shower because he's so horned up from these women rubbing their asses on him. And now we have, like, a full challenge dedicated to who can get Brett the hardest, the longest. We say this from a point of fascination as two gay men who are objectively a disgusting people. (laughs) If anyone is like sexually over the top, it's gay men. And Brett Michaels is just like next level gross. I don't, it's not gross. I think it's just wild for like a reality show in 2007. Like even today, like the bachelor would never like they joke. Like sometimes they reference like, Oh, I can't move this pillow or something. But it's not like, you got me so hard, here's a graph telling you how hard I got. Like, this whole challenge revolves around his penis. Maybe I'm a little Mother Teresa, but he is just so grimy to me, I can't. (laughs) You say that now, but I know we're going to have an episode where you're going to talk about how it is involved in, like, a sexual awakening for you of Brett Mike. Oh my god. (sighs) That's not fair coming out of, like, a year and a half of quarantine where I have not been touched by a man. It's going to happen. I'm going to crack, and I'm not going to deny it, but this is an unfair setting. I know, but that that I'm just saying, like it's gonna happen. So you're you are gonna be a member <sighs> of the penis cult of Brett Michaels. It's it's gonna happen. I know. I can't even deny it. Anyways, they like the girls get ready, and they're starting their scripts. So one at a time, they pick a random numbers out of a hat, and that just seemed very low budget. Like it was like, oh fuck, we need a way to divide up these girls. Hey, Big John. Put some numbers on shards shards of paper, shreds of paper, and uh, pick, like, they'll just pick them. And then that's the order. So Brandy C. starts us off and, like, has a sexy picnic scene. But, like, we both have different opinions about if that scene is really sexy. I say I no. thought it was well thought. I didn't think it was sexy. I thought it was well thought out. Like, I appreciated that she had a setting. She had a storyline. She had visual cues but like i I thought i was impressed by how well she thought out this scenario like it was i think my i don't like because i don't want the scenario i don't find picnics inherently sexy like especially when she's talking about how like there's gonna be food on her and he's gonna like eat the food off her Mm. like i I, not to yuck yams but like i'm not into food stuff but if you are that's fine but i think the problem for me lies in the fact that it's a picnic and there are ants that's a little extra tickle in the bedroom, Benjamin. No, Come I on. Open up your mind. <laughs> I have a phobia or something with ants. I just have a friend from ages <gasps> ago who was terrified 
nothing happened with ants, but she just had this fear oh my God. of if she oh like ants would crawl up her legs and enter her her like her, enter her vagina. I fully thought you were about to tell us that you had a friend who had ants in her pussy. No, I don't. I I don't. Not to my knowledge, but it's just that story. So every time I think of picnics, I think of ants, and then ants make me think of that story. And so I'm just like, I don't get it, you know? That's fair. If anyone has had ants in their pussy and wants to call in for a segment, you know how to reach us, VH underscore hunties on all social media. We would be thrilled to have you. (laughs) Please tell us. We'll have you for a future segment. (laughs) Is Brandy C's picnic scene sexy, yes or no, slash what do we think about ants? Does anyone have horror stories? (laughs) Um, but no, yeah. I was on board. I was on board with Brandy C. But in like, I think another person who was like very prepared in this ha- in this challenge was Heather, who like came ready with a poem for Brad, and it was like pretty like passionate and sexy. Like it definitely wasn't like erotic fiction, but like there was some like feeling behind this, and I was like, go get it, Heather. I was I was in. I understand. I just don't like poem. I don't like when people read me poems they wrote. I've been saying, but like, I, again, I, this is me appreciating the thought, you know? Like, okay, yeah. I think w- where I had a hard time with this challenge is like, there are very few moments in my life where I am a man first and gay second. But I think stuff like this is one of them where like, I am dumb and I need you to be like stupid explicit when you're hitting on me. So if like Heather or Brandy were like having that phone sex with me, I'd be like, that was very thoughtful of you. But like, in order for me to feel it, I would need someone to be like, I need you to bend over. I'm going to stick my tongue like four inches up your asshole. And I'd be like, I think he likes me. Like, <laughs> I don't do well with subtlety. So like, I appreciate the thought of Brandy C and Heather, but they wouldn't do it for me personally. Because it's just like a little too over my head. <laughs> a little too high brow for me. Personally. <laughs> okay, Kyle. <laughs> Yeah, this poem Heather probably wrote in 20 minutes while putting on pajamas is a little too much. But But speaking of, then you would really love, you would really love Rodeo. And I did. Who was like the only one who was just like, I want you to fuck me. And the rest of the girls looked scandalized. (laughs) And I was like, what? But this is the challenge. Like, that's phone sack. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's, it's happening again. Like, I'm going to bat for my girl rodeo, but, like, she did it how I would have done it. Like, this is a phone sex challenge. Like, you lay in your bed, you put your hand somewhere, and you're like, babe, I want you to fuck me. You know, like, you go for it. This is a challenge. Yeah. Well, then you would have hated some of the other girls who <laughs> Tiffany says she wants to play Bring Around the Bed post, but I don't know what that means. And w- what else does she say, though, after Ring Around the Bed post? <laughs> she goes, don't threaten me with a good time. And then it comes Completely back. outs herself. There goes any blinding that this study had. <laughs> and, like, a lot of the girls, though, like, Tiffany included, get hung up on. Like, Brett is like, this is bad. Like, bad. Who else was, it was- there? Tamara too. I don't remember what Tamara said, and I'm sure that's part of why Brett flat flatlines, but like he was just not having any of what Tiffany was putting down, any of what Tamara was putting down. Brett was fine with Magdalena, but the girls took issue with Magdalena. I think Heather was like 
what is this 1-800 drag queen? And I know I just said Dallas is the only girl that can read, but like Heather just proved me wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah. So like speaking of Magdalena, like Magdalena is team bitchy girls. So not on Heather's Fully. team. And the Heather's team seems to like fucking hate Magdalena. Yeah. The quote-unquote Neanderthal. That was rough. I was like, that was rude. rude. But yeah, so it's like, they don't like Magdalena, and then Erin goes for like a dirty British nanny. I thought she did great. She's the only other person, aside from Rodeo, who like, would have gotten like a little twitch out of me. You know, like, oh, what's she doing? I was into it. And then Lacey as well sets up a kind of subservient scene for Brett. I've, she's done this before. She's a musician. She knows how it goes on the road. If you're not get, if you're not saying a groupie, you're calling your man. And she like knew, Lacey knew what was up. What would your phone sex operator name be? Oh, oh, how am I presenting? Is this is it like a male no, just like male to male phone sex? First one, first one that whatever comes to mind. Oh my god, I I, I don't know why the name Damien Sweet just came to mind, but I think it could work. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, thank you for calling me this evening this is damien sweet how can i help you i think it could work I what about googled... you oh i i have no idea i probably would come up with something different every time oh that could be fun like a little adventure like i i think it would be because i so i i would do it to keep my own like engagement up where i'm like okay mm. bad this is it. And I think I would just treat it as like an improv thing where you're like, that would be fun. Okay. Give me two things you like and one thing you love, right? Like you get audience suggestions and then you create a character from there. Would it always be successful? No, but I, I don't think I would need it to be. Would I be fired? Absolutely. Like I wouldn't be asked back. Do we know, like, are these phone sex industries, do we know if there's, like, the opportunity to build up rapport with the clients, or do you just, like, call? Is it, like, a call center where you call, and you get what you get, and you don't get upset? I want to say it can be both. I hope so. Like, like I hope you can, like, build up a little something with people. That could be yeah. fun. But yeah, I feel like a lot of it is call centers, but then also it's like, you got this girl you call every week on Tuesday at five. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I couldn't even, at my last job, I couldn't even set my voicemail if there were other people in the room. I could not imagine working at like a phone sex call center where my coworker is just having some hummus and some celery next to me on her break. Like I couldn't do it. <laughs> some like Trader Joe's cilantro jalapeno where I'm just like going to town on this man. I couldn't. <laughs> As you sit in a gray cubicle <laughs> with that overhead light. A photo of my family just stapled to the board. Even <laughs> a photo of your cat. <laughs> just oatmeal. I work hard to bring home the bacon for her. Please, I have to feed my cat. <laughs> oh. I don't know. We have some tops and we have some bottoms for this challenge. And Brett makes a concerted effort to call out three women, Tiffany, Faith, and Tamara, for, like, sucking. He did not need to do that, but he did. Oh, yeah, like, that was pretty brutal. And then Tiffany, who at this point, I think because she had been drinking throughout, says, Brett's gonna be eliminated tonight, not me. And I'm like, ever since then, I'm like, I don't really know what that means. Is she gonna Serena P him? Like, when Serena P broke up with Matt James, I was like, you're not my person and laugh like 
is that is that what Tiffany thought she would do? I feel like that's gonna be one of those things that like even like three years from now, I'm gonna be laying in bed my body is just like becoming one with the mattress and that line is just going to cross through my mind and then I'm just not going to fall asleep till 4am thinking about like what did she mean? <laughs> it's going to plague me. I'll get a text message and you're going to be like I have a theory. I have a theory. <laughs> and at this point we'll be on like a whole other franchise and I'll just be like what the fuck? <laughs> We're going to be deep into charm school at this point, and I'll, I'll finally decipher it. Like or it's I love New York. York. And I'll be like, Tiffany Pollard? New York? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh. Uh, anyways, and so the winners for this week are Aaron, Rodeo, and Lacey. Which fully deserved. I have no, no qualms here. I think the only actual winner was Rodeo. Like, fully. The Rodeo. only, only, only other item I'd like to see would be a Heather honorable mention. I would have loved that. Because she did great. She did. But then before we can go on this date, we have to dive into some pretty explosive drama. It got uncomfortable. Which one? Like, walk me through the drama of it. So we started with Brandy C and Erin, and Brandy C just had her panties in a bunch about not winning this date. And she just goes right up to her bedroom that she's sharing a twin bed with Erin, and is like, Erin, I want to kick you. And Erin's like, what? And she goes, haha, I meant kiss you. Sorry, girl, I'm just jealous you got the date. Which, like crazy behavior on Brandy C's part to be like, I want to kick you and then try to lie about what you said. But then Aaron just goes off the rails and it's like, well, you're only beautiful in the meth world. You're a trailer park trash, a hooker, dumb, and you have a meth scratch face. Like, holy shit, girl. Like, saying someone's only beautiful in the meth world is like, pretty rude. And like, just kind of gently, like, stigmatizing and offensive to drug you. Yeah, like, rough, and I feel, again, this is something that, like, if this were airing in 2021, would have never hit television. You know, this is, like, peak 2000s language around addiction and substance abuse and whatever, but, like... Yeah, you and your face. This is also what I mean. Face. Yeah. Your meth face. And this is what I mean, like, where if more people could read, like, Dallas, this wouldn't have been an issue, because Aaron was just mean... And Dallas just would have come up with something where Brandy would have been like, honestly, you got me, girl. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got me, gal. <laughs> but but I, Dallas does go off the rails in another way. But we're if you not want to walk done. us through that. We're not done yet. Oh, oh my God. Oh, we missed the most important part. After So Erin tells Brandy she has a meth scratch face, which like, I didn't notice. I didn't notice that, like, Brandy had scars in her face. Turned out Brandy C was in, like, a car wreck, and that's why she has a scar face. So she pulls that out. She's like, I was in a car wreck. How dare you talk about my meth scratch face? It was from a car crash. I almost died. And, like, shit got deep. Like, I, it, yeah. was, it was uncomfortable. It was. I was on board with it until she said something about it being a disability. Yeah. Like, I, who am I to define what is or isn't a disability? But just, like, based on the information we're presented with? Huh. Okay. That, this, the, she said that today. That would have invited a fucking Twitter discourse. Oh, oh my god. It would have been discourse for weeks. But honestly, I think the thing with this show and why this era of television is so peculiarly fascinating is so many scenes would ignite discourse. 
Should I, do you think we should try it out? Should I just like wake up tomorrow morning and tweet that my large childbearing hip bones are a disability and just see where my day takes me? I would like say, don't do that because you also have like a very (laughs) substantial following. So like that's just going to go places, you know? No, I would never. I'm I'm too, I'm too aware of myself. Yeah. I thought you were going to like start rock of love discourse or something. And you're like, should I just do that? I was like, that's even wilder. (laughs) (laughs) Go off. Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) And so this, because this fight fucking ruins Brandy C. Like, Brandy C is like, I'm a mess. And I just like, I think it's just quickly important to know, like, her and Christia go to mm-hmm. Brett and are like, mm-hmm. Aaron's a bitch. And Brett was not happy with Aaron. Like, I, I was very impressed with the way Brett acted. It was very, like, I wouldn't say he was comforting towards Brandy C. I think some of his words were like, it is so fucking hot and arousing that she's sitting here crying right now, which was bizarre to say. The penis cult! The penis cult! The penis! Oh my god! Yeah, it's crazy! See, it's gross! It's gross! That's crazy. That one but in particular, t- I was like, mm. I'm also that like, was not a choice. very good around. I, I'm better now, but like, historically, I haven't been the best person to cry around. Because I don't mm, cry. Pat. You don't cry? No, I only cry when I watch television. Oh, ben, and that's I why I'll be like, wow, I'm crying. Like, I cry when I watch Grey's Anatomy. But As I feel you like should. you'd have to be a monster to not cry at Grey's Anatomy. No, I legit, I learned how to cry. Like, no joke, I learned how to cry within the past, like, two, three years. I fucking love a good cry now. I seek it out. Some days, if I'm in a mood, I will just throw on, what is that? Christina Aguilera and A Great Big World Say Something. I'll just throw on that song and just sob for no reason. I love it. I don't know what that song is. Oh my god, you so do. You no, I don't. Say something, I'm giving up on you. You know it. That's not, is that Christina Aguilera? It is. She She's featured in it. Okay, so it's not her. It's fully something <laughs> else's song, and she has a feature on it. But it's like Timber. It's Kesha's song. It's technically Pitbull's song, but like it's a Kesha song, you know? Like that's how I feel about that song. It's a Christina song. I'm pretty sure the writing, the credits say differently, but feel how you feel. I know, I know, I know, but it's, it's this is in my heart. <laughs> but anyway, Brett handles, Brett handles this fight well. He comes straight to Brandy's defense and is pissed at Aaron about it. And Brandy C rightfully wants to move out of her the room she's sharing with Aaron. And conveniently, another bed in another room opens up for reasons that I would love for you to dive into. I would love for you to dive into it because I don't think I can fully articulate what happens. So... <sighs> but I think that's the nature of the fight is this was like... Yeah! I was like, just over in the bed, I would be there drinking my wine, eating chicken tendies, and I'd look over, I'd be like, wait, what the fuck happened? So I would I would pay so much money to see what preceded this fight, because all of a sudden, we, we skip straight from the Brandy C and Aaron fight to Lacey and Dallas's bedroom, and Dallas is just sitting in bed. I love Dallas. I've said not a bad word about Dallas. I, you know, would die for her. But she's just sitting in bed out of nowhere. Lacey's like, oh, I miss my dog. And Dallas is like, I would fucking kill your dog if it were here. I hate animals. I want to slit an animal's throat. I want to kill them all. I used to have bunnies and I would wear my bunny fur coat right in front of them. I eat the animals. I kill the animals. I wear the animals. I hate animals. And like, 
what in the fucking hell could have prompted that? You know, like we have to be missing something here. That was yeah, nuts. I I think part of it was like I'm as I'm trying to understand this dialogue, is it's just like Dallas was giving her like hyperbolic opinions about pets. Like yeah. it's just where Dallas doesn't fuck with pets. Fair. Fair. I get that. I love my cat, but I appreciate that people aren't pet people, but she just went off the rails. I think now that I'm like, I think part of it was to get under Lacey's skin. Like, she doesn't like Lacey. Mm Because if we go back to the beginning of the episode when we get the initial division between the bitchy girls and the slutty girls, their words, not ours, don't add us. Um, Dallas is bitchy girls and Lacey is slutty girls and Dallas we know yeah. Dallas fucking hates slutty girls hates she them. said it and it just got right under Lacey's skin and then Lacey goes off I don't even know the fuck what Lacey was saying I was just still like how did this fight happen and this is this is where I feel like we must have missed some backstory because it comes out after Dallas goes on her rant that Lacey gets pissed because she's a member of PETA so like I don't. I I feel like I'm extending maybe Dallas a little bit too much benefit of the doubt, but I really do like her. So like, I feel like Lacey had to have been on a PETA tirade preceding this. Oh, I did not show us. I think I I agree. I think I'm. I think the edit is shady. I think Lacey definitely had a bigger hand in it than we saw, and I I think Dallas was saying that to piss off Lacey, and Lacey took the bait. And it just it just went off the rails. And I, I think I had a harder time with this fight than I did Brandy C and Aaron's fight. Cause like Brandy C and Aaron, I appreciate that they're there and that they both serve a purpose on this show, but I'm not rooting for either of them. Lacey and Dallas, like I'm authentically rooting for them both. So I was like, I don't know what how to feel right now, you know? I don't know how to feel. I think it's unfair to say Dallas is the quote unquote villain. She's not. No. She no. was doing it, I just truly think, like, at the end of the day, she was doing it to piss off someone she fucking hated. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think there was a villain in this fight. I just think this was, uh, like, reality TV at its best. You know, it was, yeah. it was like, a Dallas tiff for the sake of a tiff. fuck r- radical PETA members. And yeah. just poke the bear, and then the bear poked back, or something. It's, it was fascinating. But as, as complex as it all was, both of these fights somehow come together so synergistically. Because Brandy C is like, I'm not sharing a room with Aaron anymore. And Dallas is like, I'm not sharing a room with Lacey anymore. So Lacey is like, hey girl, Brandy, what's up? Heard you had a fight. Want to move into my room? And Brandy's like, swag. And Dallas is like, okay, cool. I have a bed now. Like, it worked out weirdly well. It <laughs> did. And considered. then... The girls go on their dates and more drama brews, but we'll get to that after this break. Uh, We're back. Ben and I were talking politics on the break, but we're going to shift into much more important details at the Jim Henson Studios with a surprise courting with this random man, Don. Okay, Don isn't a random man. Apparently, Don is to us, he is. But Don is a very lauded music producer who's done work with the Rolling Stones. And I just want to say this. I don't know who Jim Henson is. Nor have I ever heard a Rolling Stones song. You don't know who Jim Henson is? No. He's the man who did the Muppets. 
wait, really? Yeah, Jim Henson is like the Muppets. Oh my god, he yeah, he has his own recording studio. Wow. I mean, not his own, but like his legacy. Wow. Wow. I'm ignorant as fuck. Because in that same breath, yeah. I was like, I've never heard a Rolling Stones song. And you were like, yeah. you don't know who Jim Henson is. I'm just going to like get a list of songs by like Nirvana, Def Leppard, Guns N' Roses, Poison, Rolling Stones. And I'm just going to give you a song title and you have to name who it's from. Because I could not tell you the difference between any of the people that I just listed. I None. know... None. One Guns N' Roses song. I was uh, Guns N' Roses Paradise City. I used to listen to that back in the day. I was like, yeah, this is a good song, right? That's the only one. Wait, any other Leopard? The one that's like pour some sugar on me. Couldn't tell you. You could tell me that, and I would go okay. I'm gonna Google it, and then our listeners, if any of them are in the rocks, are like these ignorant homosexuals. They can say the word. They can say the word. <laughs> oh, it is my Def Leppard. Okay, wow. Oh my god, look at you go. Look at me. Butch Queen. I got my back no. cap on. I listened to Lizzo on my ride, and now I know who Def Leppard. You could lie to me right now, and i go, oh, he got it. <laughs> that totally... <laughs> Okay, anyways, let's... But anyway, this man's on has worked with some of those people. (laughs) And so, Brett is like, I recorded this track, and I want each of you girls to sing a verse, or have a feature on the track. And... And love the concept, and when the girls aren't recording, they have a lovely charcuterie plate waiting for them in the recording room. Okay, the charcuterie plate looks lovely, but then it's just on an overcrowded, like, craft services plastic table with some shitty tablecloth on it. And I'm just like, isn't this a little too close to the recording equipment? Like, this feels dangerous. Then we got crumbs everywhere. But the girls just, like, drink and snack and vibe while they watch Brett sing or, like, grind up on someone who's singing, and then make out with them on another sofa in the recording room. Right? Like, that's the premise of the day. And then they go through all three, and then they play the song, and they're, like, dancing, and the girls are just dancing in the studio. But I think the weirdest part was, like, that, obviously, like, this isn't a feature of music studios, I wouldn't imagine, but, like, it wasn't a one-way mirror. Like, it was fully a two-way piece of glass. So, like, as Brett was grinding up on these women and making out, the two women who were meant to be eating charcuterie were just, like, watching it happen. <laughs> were they? I, I don't... Did they ever show us what the other women were there doing? There was... There was one date that we'll get into that the two girls were fully watching the two of them just, like, go at it on the couch. Okay, okay, I know who we're talking about. So let's dive into it. First up, we got Lacey, and she kills it. She's a musician, so she's also really excited that, like, her and Brett have this world in common, and they get to, like, she can show him that she belongs and she fits in, and Mm -hmm. they harmonize. It was, like, honestly, like, beautiful. She nailed her first take, and, like, I know I brought up the question last week where Lacey went straight for the drums and I was like, okay, is Lacey here to promote her music career or is she here for Brett? And like, 
in this moment, I truly felt, I was like, no, you know, Lacey is a musician, but she, at least I got the vibe that she feels that this is something that they connect on. And this isn't something that she's promoting in herself. You know, I thought this was so authentic. Voice of an angel. I would listen to a Lacey song, hands down. Do you think the song they recorded is like available on Spotify? <gasps> oh my God. We should find out. I'm going to see if Lacey has a Spotify. I would totally listen to Lacey's music because her voice like is actually very beautiful. Sure. Um, Don't I, say sure. Uh, She's going to be a no, guest on our podcast something. Sure. Not to be rude. <laughs> it's not out of rudeness. It's just like, I genuinely don't remember. Like we wrote it down. I thought it was and lovely. Like, she sang great. And I was like, I guess she did. <laughs> we wrote I it just down. remember her doing, she did her little, do you remember? It was like a rock and roll oh, Britney Spears her. moment. I was like, girl, like that was straight up lovely. Interesting. I think I just like, yeah, like it just all, yesterday was just like a lot of television consumption in general. So That's I'm like, funny. wait, what? She did sing great? Yeah. I guess. Like I'm not refuting it. I just like, I'm like, sure. But she, like she by far had the best recording. <sighs> But in terms of who had the best date, like, hands down, my girl, Rodeo. She got up there. She was grinding on Brett's leg like she was ready to burst. Like, she didn't even sing. She just starts moaning into the microphone. I, like, I thought she was about to come on on site, and then they cut away to her confessional, and she was like, I was about to come on site, and I was like, like it showed girl like that was just like a connection i yeah like they definitely have like a really great connection and chemistry but it was just like i was like wait is she doing anything into the microphone like you know when they when they played the recording back i don't explicitly recall hearing rodeo on the track but i fully recall the recording process it was like it was like watching, like, a virgin couple have a first dance on their wedding night, knowing they're about to fuck. Like, the tension was like, hmm. oh my god, palpable. Like, it was out of control. Well, they do relieve some of that, because then after the date, they just, like, have, like, they cut to, like, Lacey and maybe Aaron saying, like, they don't understand how Rodeo is still here. Her connection mm-hmm. with him isn't there. Like, they don't have one. And then you fully cut to them, like, staring into each other's eyes and making out passionately. Mm-hmm. The and couch. that's where, that's where, like, and then they cut to Aaron and Lacey just watching it happen. And, like, it, like, I, I tried to put myself in their shoes and I truly don't know what I would do in that moment. Like, part of me feels like I would just, like, be awkward like the catholic upbringing in me that's like ignore all of your problems just pretend like nothing's happening i would have sat there at the charcuterie like this is delightful but then like the human in me would have been like what is happening my boyfriend is fucking rodeo on the couch you know like well i guess like you would have just had to have picked up a glass of red and a glass of white chugged both simultaneously and then and not be threatened with a good time and say don't threaten me with a good time and you would join them and then get eliminated for a fucking salty, whatever that means. Another phrase that is going to haunt me to the grave. <laughs> you'll wake up in a cold sweat and you'll be like, Ben, I have a <laughs> what a salty is. And I'll be like, Kyle, we're now on to like a fucking, I don't know what's on VH1. Like, 
something more modern. Oh my god, I can't wait. God, God help my future boyfriends. I'm gonna wake up like <sighs> three in the morning, be like, babe, babe. <laughs> I know <laughs> what it means. <laughs> this is the saltiest. And meanwhile, they'll have never seen this episode. Nor listen has to not pod. listened to my podcast. And it's just once. like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> and then you would go, "You're not. I'm not. You're not getting eliminated. You're getting eliminated tonight." And you're like, <laughs> and then I'll just roll over and go right back to sleep, like nothing ever happens. And that will be his moment that he loses sleep over for the rest of his yeah. life. It'll come full circle. Yeah, is my boyfriend insane? But yeah, speaking but no, of, Rodeo has a good date. Yeah, they have a good date. They they're vibing. Do you know who has a fine date? Erin. She does her dirty nanny voice again, right? Like, that's her shtick, like, into the microphone. And I was like, is that how recording music works? Like, I don't think so. Like, you can't say, like, whatever. Like, it sounded like they gave Lacey lyrics. (laughs) And we're like, this is the song. And then they don't show the other two singing. They just film Rodeo moaning. And... Aaron putting on like an all right British accent talking into the microphone. But like to be fair, I think Aaron they showed Aaron having a little meltdown. She was like, I don't sing, I don't do this, blah blah blah. And like she got up there and did what got her on the date. She was like, you know what? I don't sing, but the dirty nanny voice got me here. And it has been there, done that as it was. She didn't let her nerves derail her, which I respected. You know? Like, like she definitely came in last place on this date, but she she did her best. Yeah, I think she, like, she did. Like, I'm not refuting that. But I also am not a huge fan of, like, oh, I've never done this. Like, neither is Rodeo. Like, none of you are musicians. The only one who's a musician is Lacey. Yeah, but uh, she, she she held her own. And the, the final track, like, I would listen to it. I would stream it. I wouldn't pay $1.29 for it on iTunes, but I would stream it on my that's brave. Spotify you think that, Pro. You, you, that's brave. You think that track is $1.29 on iTunes. I purchased every single song that I listened to on iTunes up until 2018. Oh, no. Like Some songs are 99 cents. Oh, this one's $1.29. Because of Lacey's beautiful harmonizing. She really, she bumped it up that 30 cents, in my opinion. Okay. Ben, Ben, we need to get Lacey on the pod. Like, Lacey, no, if you're listening, are. I'm not like, trying to flatter you. But... <laughs> this isn't about Lacey. It's just like, if you think this random song they aired on a show 14 years ago on VH1 is $1.29 on iTunes if it exists as a song, that's insane. I would pay for it, though. I would pay. I'm going to look for it on Spotify after this. Lacey, Rodeo, Erin, great work. And shout out to Don for producing that track. And shout out to Don for producing the track. And Jim Henson for creating the Muppets and somehow this music studio. <laughs> Couldn't have done it without oh, you, homeboy. Oh, me. Meanwhile, back at the house, we get another social group division that is based Which, on like, one mission only. And that mission is destroy Aaron. <laughs> This is the third iteration of the same teams that we have had so far. So we had the bitchy versus slutty divide. And then we've also heard the bitchy, sorry, the slutty girls defined as the varsity team. But finally, we have a clear definition of who this team is, where Heather walks us through the A team with a very clear roster, which I, I appreciated. Too many terms, but at least we finally have a roster. 
Yeah, like the A team seems like it. The A team is the same as the Bar City Squad, which is a subgroup of the Slutty Girls. Oh, a I think I think I think because there are more Slutty Girls. Oh, so like every frog is a toad, but not every toad is a frog, kind of thing. Like Tiffany is a Slutty Girl, but not part of the A team. Wait. Sorry, I, like, my mind was blown. Wait, so all toads are frogs? I think that was, I feel like I learned that in second grade. Like, all toads are frogs, but not all frogs are toads. Or, like, all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. You know, not all slutty girls are on the A-team, but all A-team girls are slutty Okay, girls. okay, I get it. Sorry, that, like, it was more so a fact. I was like, all toads are frogs? Like, I don't know why I whispered that. I don't even know the mic picked up what I just said, but my mind is just blown around that fact. Anyways, so we get Heather, who's the captain. Lacey is the instigator. Tommy is the body. And then Christia and Brandy C are the Barbie twins. I think that's a strong A-team. It is. I couldn't tell you anything about Tawny. I was like, there's a Tawny? Who dat? But like... I thought she was cute. Spoilers, she goes home anyways, so it doesn't matter. But, but they're, anyway. they're on a mission to get Erin out of this house. So Heather, when they come back from the date, Heather is like, I'm taking this bitch out. Goes to Brett and is like, I've heard Aaron is still engaged, which is like a miss here. But I do think right being like, I'm questioning her motives because she also did just get out of an engagement. And that's, you know, that's like what I was saying. Like, I feel like Heather was not trying to be shady. I truly feel like Heather had Brett's best interest in heart, but misheard. You know, like, I truly believe this is a misunderstanding. Maybe that's naive of me. I am a naive person. I think it's both. Like, I do think she genuinely has Brett's best interest at heart, and it just happened to be this girl she fucking hates. This is something that The Bachelor doesn't do enough. Like, The Bachelor will go back and forth about this drama for, like, four weeks on end. Brett was like, this is gonna be nipped in the bud in the next three minutes. He's like, chip, chop, chip, Big John, Colin, Aaron. Aaron comes in. Heather has not left. She's sitting there, too. He's like, hey, girl, are you engaged? Aaron's like, no, I was. And Heather's like, heard you were. And she was like, I was. End of story. Like, it was a relatively peaceful resolution to the whole thing. Yeah, I think so. Like, it's clear they hate each other, though. And, like, I'm always team Heather. I'm like, Aaron sucks. How dare you speak to Ms. Hooters of Illinois that way? (laughs) Ms. Hooters, 2006. (laughs) unclear as to when she won the title was it 2007 who knows but you know like that's just how it is but and this is where this is where i feel like brett as talented as he may be has the memory of a goldfish because like this is the second concern about aaron that has been raised to him and he does not connect a single dot there are two dots to connect and he does not do it Oh my god, yeah, that's right. He never does anything about the fact Aaron was like, you fucking meth-faced trailer park bitch. No, just lets it go. <laughs> for her like, two beautiful circus boobs. Does he call them circus boobs? Or he do doesn't call them circus the boobs, but in multiple do. other ways. And that's, you know, that's another interesting point, is like, w- when we talked about the sex positivity last week, where like, this body modification and plastic surgery is being celebrated, and Brandy C was like, Oh my god, the silicone tits or the gummy bear tits. All of a sudden, the girls turn on Aaron, and they're not gummy bear tits anymore, they're circus boobs. Heather calls them circus boobs. Brandy calls them circus boobs. Brett is, like, drooling over them. 
probably thinking they're circus boobs, but doesn't call them circus boobs. But I don't think they're circus boobs. If Aaron's happy with them, live your life, girl. You know? Yeah, no, definitely. Like, like, I was like, I still don't even know what circus boobs mean. Anyways, we are now leaving the circus and we're going to the elimination room where Dallas cuts four of his bashful potential brides. I was very sad about who goes home, but I was very pleased that my girl rodeo two weeks in a row first pass she's here for love brett feels it she's in consistent two weeks in a row no critiques keep keep at it rodeo yeah and then followed up we have jess which was a bit of a shocker sleeper hit like we don't really see much of jess being happy this episode she usually just seems kind of upset no, and she got thrown into a pool. Yeah, and that was it. And then she got the second pass, and then Lacey gets the third. Which I will note that Jess and Lacey both jumped up from their placements last week. I think Jess got the third pass last week, and Lacey got the fourth. So good for them. And then as we get through the girls, our final two girls to be called are Heather and then Aaron, which I think is total production. They're like Heather is before Aaron, which shows, I think, it's supposed to indicate to us, the viewers, that Heather won. And then Aaron, there's, like, a gap. Like, there's, like, Aaron's, like, am I going home? What the fuck? And they, like, linger in this moment before they finally call Aaron's name. And Aaron continues to exist in the house another day. Which I'm fine with. I I don't agree with the words Aaron has used, but there have been worse words used in the house for women who stayed the night. So, say la vie, baby. So Brett, before he gives Aaron her pass, he announces who will not be getting a pass, which I thought was a very interesting move. And he lets go of Tawny the body, Tamara, Faith, and may she rest in the most peace, Tiffany, going back to Chicago. Yeah, I really don't have, I think this is the most we heard Tamara talk. And it's in her talking head where she's like, my name isn't this, it's this. And we're like, okay, good job. I think that was the first, like, real sentence she used in the entire show. Yeah. And I do feel bad that they painted her as dumb, because she was probably just drunk the whole time. Like, I think most of these girls were drunk the whole time. God love them. Except for Heather and Jess, the two most calm, cool, collected women on Earth. I don't know how they do it. But we're down to 12, like you mentioned at the beginning. Here we are. But yeah, we're down to the top 12. We started at 25 last week, and we have lost now 13 fallen soldiers. And so this is uh, this is where the show is fascinating, because first of all, I would love to know how many days constitute one episode. Two? I feel like on The Bachelor, and on Drag Race, and on other reality TV shows, it's usually like two, three days makes one episode. I would not be surprised at all if VH1 was going an episode a day with Rock of Love. I like, think I truly would not be surprised. I think Maybe it's two. two episodes. Yeah, it's two. It's two. Because they have the one day, they have the darty, and then the challenge, and they have the date, and then elimination. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, the, the dart. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But two days, and I am just shocked that we got no footage of Brett and Jess interacting, and she still got second pass. So clearly Jess is an influential critter on this saga for, for Brett. And I do, I will say, I'm interested that they went out of their way to extend an additional invitation with no bed to Tiffany, only to send her home the next week. But, like, it was your time. 
I think your time, they did that as a way to sort of like, oh, we think this girl can bring more chaos. But then like Tiffany only really appeared on our screens like during the challenge. And then she kind of, I think she knew once Brett was like, you fucking sucked at phone sex. Third strike. So bad. She knew it you know, was like, she was writing on the wall. I hope our girl has read, so you want to talk about race, how to be anti-racist, white fragility, and I hope her nothing but peace and serenity from there, if so. I'll try and find some research on her and see what she's been up to. But But, yeah, that's our top 12. And I think this is a great episode. I always have fun with this. So I can't wait to see you same time, same place for episode three. Yeah, we'll see everyone next Monday. Again, if you haven't already, don't forget to follow us on VH underscore Hunties on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And email us at vh.hunties at gmail.com. Thanks again. I'm Kyle. I'm Ben. Bye.